afternoon, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here, back in the saddle on another uh, magical, maniacal Monday, friends. Just a little bit late getting this out today, uh, just jumping back in and, and really going for a swim in the deep end today. I'm going to toss out the title of Torch Report 419. Has the capital already been captured? Has the capital already been captured? I don't know. I just visited the nation's capital, and you'd never guess what I saw. And I want to share it with you. And I want to get into it. I want to wade into it. But it's really important that we do so kind of clear-headed. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to just stir the pot. I don't want to just provoke your emotion. I want to look at it logically and ask the question, has the nation's capital been captured? I don't know. So, again, after, you know, last week, a very disturbing trip out to the Capitol, I went and spent a few nights out in the woods to recoup and reflect on the experience, camping and cajoling with my family, and then returned to the office this morning. And I, I was neither feeling refreshed, nor was I feeling particularly discouraged, but I was feeling the sense of hardened commitment to speaking the truth. What is happening in the world today? What is happening right here in the good old U.S. of A.? What is happening in Portland and Seattle and San Francisco and cities all across the country? What is happening in our state, uh, corrupt state capitals? All of this, to me, is really captured by a single picture that I took standing in front of the White House. Uh, it was on Monday last week. And so this time last week, I was standing there and I thought, you know what, I've got a little time to go do a little tour, the do the tourist thing. And I, I, I went, you know, took the trolley, the bus went down, got out, walked up, and I was going to check out, you know, wow, let's look at the White House grounds and all that. And friends, you would never guess what I see. Again, I put the screenshot, I put the picture here in the article today. Friends, please know if you're listening on a podcast platform, you just have to go to thetorchreport.com. Check out thetorchreport.com, Torch Report 419, and you'll see a picture of what the White House looks like today, or at least uh, this time last week. And then just in case I needed to point out the obvious, I did put a picture of your favorite fuzzy peasant standing there pointing out the Chinese communist flag draped in front of the White House next to the BLM Antifa fist and all this crap. So the question is, you know, what's the point of pointing it out? What's the, you know, why aren't there people out there? People come from all around the world. Let's start there. People come from all around the world to visit the United States Capitol. There are monuments. There are museums everywhere reminding humanity of the principles that set our great nation apart, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, liberty and justice for all, etc. And it only makes sense that many people would want to snap a picture in front of the White House, right? I mean, because it's kind of like one of the most famous buildings in the whole world, you know? So you might expect that the people in Washington, D.C., would anticipate this constant stream of tourism and make every effort to put their best foot forward to present America in its most uh, shining light, right? But that's not the case. You know, I mean, they could be flying American flags for the whole world to see. They could be adorning the fence with stars and bars and selling American swag, but that's clearly not what's happening. In the capital today... 
you know, anyone from who comes from all around the world or, you know, comes from somewhere all across the Fruited Plains or wherever they come from, they're going to get there and they're going to be treated with this despicable display of utter irreverence and mockery of the White House and the U.S., you know, the state of the United States. Ah! To see the communist flag, to see the Antifa fist, to see the Marxist BLM propaganda on full display in front of the White House was, it was shocking, friends. It was, it was disgusting. It was disturbing. I'm, I'm really not sure I have the right words to explain the full, uh, you know, sudden flood of mixed emotions, everything from rage to a very deep sadness. How can this be? What the hell is going on here? You know, has our capital fallen? Has our nation been captured from within? Is everyone in Washington, D.C., all the people in the White House, all the politicians and the staffers on Capitol Hill, are they simply okay with this? Why is this even being allowed? Shouldn't the Capitol Police be keeping this area cleared out, you know, for the sake of security and aesthetics? Again, what the hell is going on here? Now, friends, the answer to that question is complex. I don't want to make light of it, and it's certainly not pretty. But if I were to just try to sum it up in a single sentence, let me just put it like this. Drum roll, please. The commies are taking over the world. If you don't freaking believe me, look at the commie flag being, you know, strung out over a heaping pile of shit in front of the White House. Pardon the French. Friends, it's not a joke. Just look, again, you know, Chinese Communist Party flag sitting in front of the White House for the whole world and all the world's travelers to see. They come to America to take a shot of the, you know, snapshot, uh, take a picture of the Capitol, of the White House, all these buildings and documents. What do they see? Oh, they see the commies are taking over the world, obviously. I mean, they got their flag flying right there. Now... If you've been with me for a while, friends, you know I've documented the commie strategies, uh, you know, the Communist Manifesto at length. And I think the picture really speaks for itself. But I want to emphasize one more thing here. The communists really do, they really, really do want to take over the world. And that does come directly out of the Communist Manifesto. Again, the Chinese Communist Party is the role model for the world, to put it into current modern context. But over, you know, over, well, before America was founded, the communists were already out there trying to take over the world, right? And so they say that in order to take over the world, they intend to forcibly overthrow all aspects of existing society. And in, in, in the United States of America... In America as founded, we're a country of free individuals. Our constitution restricts the government from imposing its will upon we the people. It's completely opposite of communism. So communism uh, really sees the American way of life as the great obstacle to overcome. They need to crush American society or to subvert it and sabotage it from within. I did put a, a picture here, friends, of the Communist Manifesto. Uh, they openly declare, it says here, the communists disdain to conceal their views and aims. They're not trying to be shy about it. They openly declare 
that their ends can be attained only by the forcible overthrow of all existing social conditions. Let that sink in. The communists, they don't try to hide it. They're trying to openly overthrow, forcibly overthrow all existing social conditions. So, with all of that said, all of the things laid out here on the table, friends, let's just kind of briefly turn our attention to some headlines that were out today. Did you hear, by chance, about the mysterious Chinese biolab they just discovered in California? Yes, friends, there was a mysterious Chinese biolab discovered in California, but it was illegal. And so the question, why was there an illegal Chinese-linked biolab with Poor security. They had infected, infested rats and all of the, lab rats, like infected with COVID variants and all this crap in Fresno, California. Hmm. Now, taking everything in stride here, staying at the uh, the high level analysis, we see other articles talking about the need to end America's addiction to Chinese drones. End Chinese drone addiction. Holy smokes, what's that all about, you know? How about the Surgeon General of the United States demanding that Facebook remove and censor true information? Hmm. Brazil, you know, meanwhile, down there in Brazil, the socialist Lula da Silva is imposing gun control on all of his citizens. Meanwhile, in the radical South Africa, you know, free-for-all shit show going on down there, we got political leaders calling for the execution of white people. Why massive crowds dance, you know, in this rupturous joy. Yeah, we got to kill Whitey. Get the hell out of here. Meanwhile, in Canada, an indigenous man is now seeking medical assistance in dying. States, uh, state funded, state provided suicide because he just, you know, he got his gender affirming surgery and it didn't really cure his unhappiness. So, wow, you know, another coup down in uh, Africa over in Niger, you know, they've just suspended their uranium and gold exports among rumors, you know, there might be some French military intervention going on all of there. And of course, all of that said, and it's sufficiently interesting, friends, we could talk about any of those things, but there's one more headline I wanted to share that hits a little bit closer to home. Can Portland be saved? That's the title of an article over at Hot Air today, and it's talking about the homelessness situation in Portland. And we could say in Portland and Seattle and San Francisco, on and on and on. Now, all of those things, I just kind of threw them out on the table. Just try for a second to hold those headlines uh, in the mind for a moment. You know, kind of like tossing a bunch of pickup sticks up in the air to see where they fall. You know, what's your impression of those headlines? What's your impression of the illegal Chinese biolabs in California? The U.S. federal agencies being addicted to Chinese technologies, most especially Chinese drones. The U.S. government forcing private companies to censor true information, just like the commies, you know? What do you make of it all? What about the uh, radical socialists trying to disarm all the citizens in South America are calling for the execution of white people in South Africa? What do you make of it all? Friends, can you sense any connection between all this crap and the gender-affirming surgery that's leading people to seek state-assisted, taxpayer-funded suicide? Does this even remotely relate to the Nigerian coup that's interrupting the precious mineral exports or the so-called homeless problem in Portland, Oregon? Does it all fit together or am I just a quack? 
<laughs> Friends, the answer is yes, it does fit together, and no, I am not a quack. This all connects. It really is all intertwined. It relates to every American's life, every American's everyday life, regardless of whether we realize it or not. Okay? It also relates directly to that picture I took in front of the White House. The connection throughout all of this is communism. Communism seeks to destroy society, and they do so in order to consolidate power and control in the hands of a centralized government. That's how it works, and it should sound familiar, because this is all happening at the global scale right now, right before our very eyes. And to understand how it all works, friends, today I want to start at the bottom rungs of society and kind of work our way to the top. We won't get all the way to the tippy top today, uh, but I want to start with the bottom of the barrel, okay? At the bottom of society, at the same as that we find at the bottom of the bell curve, at the bottom of society, and we find there there are those who have suffered enough trauma in their life that they can no longer function in a self-sustainable way. There are people who, uh, you know, they've been through enough. They were maybe abused. They were born into, you know, terrible circumstances, you know, and all of that. And so they can't, they're just not even functioning anymore. Okay, that's a certain portion of that population. There are also the, those who are there who are just simply inclined to live in filth and squalor, living under the freeway or the overpass, wasting their life on drugs because they are either A, too broken to function, or B, simply too effing stupid to care, too stupid to attempt to approve, improve their circumstance. Okay, And the point I'm getting at here is that communists prey upon these unfortunate souls. And they prey upon these unfortunate souls in the very same way the Democrats prey upon them. They use them to harvest votes. Now, this vote harvesting, it happens in several ways, not the least of which, of course, is the obvious direct ballot harvesting, as in the, the good liberal social worker says, oh, have you registered to vote? Excuse me, you know, uh, you know, picking up the, you know, the, the, cardboard, you know, sitting over the guy's head as he's passed out in his own feces on the sidewalk. Excuse me, have you registered to vote? Did you know that everyone has a right to vote? You don't even have to have an ID. Here, here, just let me let, let me fill that out for you. I got a ballot right here. And and it's not fair that you, you don't even have a car, so you shouldn't have to push your shopping cart that you stole from Walmart down to the nearest voting booth and show an ID. I'll just I'll just take this this harvested ballot and drop it off for you. That way you can continue to shoot up some more smack and frog in your own effing feces. So that's <laughs> a bit of a tangent, but that's the direct ballot harvesting. Now, that time-honored racket, it seems to work flawlessly, election after election, especially when mail-in ballots become norm, okay? But there's actually a more subtle and insidious sort of deceit that's happening simultaneously. By labeling these degenerates as victims of an oppressive society. Oh, poor, poor, poor people, <laughs> right? It, it, which completely removes any notion of self-responsibility or self-determination. Uh, but ultimately, these, these are people are the victims of society, according to the propagandists. And by, by presenting it that way, the propagandists can hook into the emotion of sympathy, the emotion of compassion, and they can make people feel bad for these poor, insufferable fools. And it's the making people feel bad part 
that helps them capture the vote of the average useful idiot. Okay, so now we're, we're kind of moving up toward the middle of the barrel here. You know, feeling bad creates a, a sort of mental tension in the head. It can only be resolved when we feel bad. We got to do something good, like, you know, voting to fund programs that will help these proverbial victims. And this technique of making people feel bad and pointing them toward voting for more progressive policies to be a good human, it really, it works so well, friends. It, br- it bridges the divide between the victims, the useful liberal stooges, and the academically educated idiots who suffer or, it, from this delusion you know, the one clueless rationalization after another as to why it's all going on. It's an endless attempt to deny reality and conceal the obvious fact that these people are choosing to live this way for all the reasons stated above. And by the way, if you were to click and link, uh, click that link to that article about uh, can Portland be saved, it really gets into some good examples of they're choosing to live that way. Many of these people have family, they have friends, they have people who are willing to take them in or have put them up, put them in a hotel, you know, try to help them get clean, all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't work. They go back to it. Why? Well, because they're they're broken, potentially, uh, truly victims of trauma, potentially, uh, or they're just being enabled to, f- you know, continue to, you know, function at that very low level and they still get to vote. Never mind all that, friends. I want to get to the, I see the interest of time here. Uh, I need to get to that kind of mass of ignorance that's in the middle. Because uh, amidst all of the swirling complexities of public discussion around issues like homelessness or drug abuse or other social causes, within all the complexity, there lies the ambiguity of cold, hard facts. Subjective interpretations are typically preconditioned. So we got the ambiguity of facts. What's really going on here? And everybody's got their own subjective interpretation, which has been preconditioned through decades of institutional indoctrination. And this, too, is a commie tactic, straight out of the Communist Manifesto. Now, as a result of not knowing what's true or what's really going on, the masses of, of, you know, impressionable people, and we're all impressionable people, but the people who are working class, out working, making the world go round, don't have time to really dig into it and all that, you know, however intelligent and however well-meaning they may be, they're ultimately being driven into two camps, being driven by the propaganda into one of two camps. First, they may, uh, you know, due to the overwhelming amount of information, due to the fact that these issues are not directly affecting their lives just yet, many people are driven toward complacency or acceptance and compliance okay they feel bad for these people because the propaganda is designed to make them feel bad and to resolve this tension rather than try to understand and solve the actual problems they attempt i'm sorry they accept the premise of the parroted narrative they accept and comply they accept the narrative and comply with the proposed solutions right i mean just to get to the point you know all these poor people are the victims of an oppressive systemically racist society and the only solution is for you to give the government more and more money and do as you're told if you vote for these policies then you'll be a good human too you see friends that's how they solve the problem no more mental tension but what they've really done is enable more and more people to live at the lowest rungs of society, barely sustaining, but just sustained enough to give their vote to progress. So the complacency and the acceptance and the compliance provide the perfect socialist solution. 
That's why the first step in a communist revolution is to win the battle of democracy. That's also why communists are working to unite the democratic parties all around the world. Friends, you don't, uh, you, maybe you don't know, maybe you don't believe me here, but when I say that the communists are working to unite the Democrat parties all around the world. I'm not making it up. You can read it from their own manifesto. And I did put a little shot here of my own copy of the Communist Manifesto all marked up with, you know, this is BS crap. Anyway, it's right here, right there. You can look and read it with your own eyes. It says, finally, the communists labor everywhere for the union and agreement of the Democratic parties of all countries. I'll read the whole passage. In short, the communists everywhere support the revolutionary movement against the existing social and political order of things. They labor everywhere for the union and agreement of the democratic parties of all countries. Thus, these commies are using the useful idiots to institute mob rule all around the world. But that's just the first step in their plans, friends. The next step is the systematic destruction of all aspects of existing society we were just talking about. And that is why these democratic cities are turning into such cesspools. It's all by design. Right now, all around the world, as the secret global cabal continues to orchestrate chaos on a global scale, as they continue to push their digital IDs, their digital currencies, their social credit scores, and the inescapable social or surveillance state, the middle ground of the ignorant masses were being conditioned to feel bad for these people. What, but why feel bad for these people? I mean, these people have been set free to use drugs, to smash buildings, destroy businesses, burn cop cars, lie, cheat, and steal elections. And we're supposed to feel bad like they're the victims? These so-called victims can rape and pillage the village with impunity as we the people get stiffed. You know, the useful idiots are being conditioned to accept the, you know, that they're not, that you're supposed to feel bad because we're not doing more to help. What the hell, friends? <laughs> Furthermore, you know, these people can desecrate the American capital. They can violate the American Constitution. They can purchase American politicians. They can extort the American people and do it all in broad daylight right out in front of God and everybody, right out in front of the effing White House, and very few people seem to notice or even care. Fewer people still can see it for what it is and are willing to make a stand, friends. And if we don't stand now, we're not going to have a country left to stand for. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do take the time to find that little heart. Go to the website, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace the rest of this magical, maniacal Monday, friends. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.